thanks for listening to the Psalm 704 podcast today. This is uh, Pastor Ryan Hodgins, your host. We're super excited that you can join us as we grow together discussing current issues from a biblical perspective. Remember, Psalm 70 verse 4 says, Let those who hunt for you sing and celebrate. Let all who love your saving way say over and over, God is mighty. I hope you enjoy today's episode as you listen in. We're talking about an interesting subject here. We're talking about why do bad things happen to good people? I know this is a question that a lot of people have. You know, things like hurricanes or car accidents or people getting molested or whatever it may be. Why do bad things happen to good people? This is a huge topic. I'm excited about addressing it. And the good news is, is that although sometimes it feels like there are no answers, there are legitimate answers to this question. So let's just kind of delve in. I know that Maria and Nicole have been on the program before in the studio with us recording. So of course, this is a big problem. All of us have had someone we love get cancer or die or get in a car accident or lose a loved one that they cared about. There's the young family who lost a child or something, or you know, and it's it's hard to understand. If God is good, why is it that then bad things happen to his people? From my understanding of who God is and his character, God is love. And I know that love isn't force and that love offers free will. And because love offers free will, that means there's a choice to love or not to love. There's a choice to do good or to do bad. And because God is doesn't force men to just, you know, he didn't make us into robots just to love, love, love and do good, good, good. He, he knew the risk he was taking, um, you know, with men to give us free will. And I think because of that, I know what C.S. Lewis, you know, said is, you know, all evil comes from the abuse of free will. And I think that's what, in my in my perspective, that's what it comes down to is God uh, navigating through our evil, through the choices that we make. But it's because he loves and he can't force men. And I think because of that, there's just so much evil and bad choices that, innocent good people are in the path of that but God has not left us alone through this life like Nicole said you know God is love and with love there is freedom and with freedom there's risk so when God created this earth and he created Adam and Eve he made them basically he gave them dominion of Eden and he said you know this is yours like Adam named all the animals and and God gave him that and he gave him the freedom to do those things you know the earth was a gift to man and through our fall, through sin, we did that. And God wasn't just going to obliterate Adam because he sinned and kind of start all over, but because he loved him so much, he wasn't just going to like kill him off. Be like, oh, you sinned. Like, bye. Let me start over. Because God's not like that. And God gave us free will and free choice. And like Nicole said, we're not robots. The great thing about God is that he loves us, but we don't have to love him back. So everything that we do now, you know, because we don't have to love God back, there are many people that don't believe in God, you know, and they just kind of live the way they live and do the things they do because, you know, they don't have God in their heart. And they sin, like even we sin now, but that's because we have like freedom to do that. Free will really does play a huge role in this. A lot of times we don't think about that. When we're suffering and we're in the moment of suffering, it's always why me, right? Like when, you know, I struggle with a lot of back pain, and so sometimes when it's hurting real bad, it's kind of like, God, why do I have to be the person who deals with this? Sometimes I'll preach at church, and then I get, like, wicked bad headaches, 
and you know I'm like I'm doing your will here and then I get a headache how is this fair at all <laughs> and sometimes we want to kind of dumb it down we want to throw out the karma excuse haha ha, good karma bad karma you know or someone does something bad we're like don't worry he'll get it it would kind of be nice if that was the reality to some extent but it also wouldn't because then we would eat it for all the bad stuff that we do because really we all do bad stuff right we, yeah. we like to think of ourselves as good people um, or maybe we're good compared to the next guy, but we do bad stuff. You know, I yell at my kids and I ha- <laughs> get, get the bad. <laughs> How dare you? And, you know, I make mistakes and whatever. I know we all do. And so the reality is, is that. If karma was real, then how much more bad stuff would be happening to us because the bad stuff, you know, like we're driving down the road and we like get hateful at the guy who cuts us off or whatever. And then we eat it later because that would be a sucky world, really. It sounds like a good idea, but it's not. And I think that the big thing is, is because God is good and like you define him, you know, First John chapter 4, 8 says God is love. If God really is love then he can't force his will on us. Sometimes, you know, we would like to think that he could, but the reality is, is in because he's love, not only can he not force his will on us, he also cannot force his will on other people. And so that free will really plays in. But I think it's a good thing because if we didn't have that, yeah, like Maria said, we would be robots. We would be controlled. And we don't want that. We want to love freely. We want to love people freely. We want to love God freely if that's our choice. But God also wants us to love him freely. I remember my wife brought up this illustration. I like to use it. When my wife and I got married, if I knew that my father had gone and visited her with a gun and was like, if you say no or don't marry, then I'm going to kill you. And then later after she said, yes, I found out about it all my, the rest of my life, I would question whether she actually wanted to be with me. Right. And it's the same thing. God doesn't want us to have to question that love, you know, or him have to question our love. He wants us to freely choose to love him. And so because of that, we're also subject to the reality of what freedom brings upon us. Which we know because of that and because of the fall and because choices were made, our first parents, Adam and Eve, that this world has fallen. And now what we have is a pool full of sin and we're just swimming in it. And it's everywhere. There's suffering. I don't think there's one human on this earth that doesn't know what suffering and pain is. No one is free from bad things happening to them, right? You know, I might be a good person, but in the reality, I still struggle. I still do bad things. And, And same with the next guy. And I may not be doing terrible things, but because of the way that the world is, you know, I might be driving down the road and get hit by someone who was texting and driving or someone who was mad at the guy next to them. So I'm just subject to the sin and the reality around me. You know, a lot of times we say, why, God, why would you do this to me? It's not God doing it. It's the fact that we live in a sinful world and there's sin around us. And so we're subject to that sin. One day... God's going to free us from this. He's going to come back and restore everything the way it's supposed to be. And we won't be subject to sin anymore because there won't be sin. But now, because of our choices, because of the sinful world we live in, we are subject to it. And so sometimes we eat it because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like not everything going on on the earth is like God's will. Like even when you think about the Lord's Prayer, it's thy kingdom come. Because it's like our kingdom here and we kind of do as we please and Satan kind of rules it. You know, even when you think about Saul, like he was the first king of Israel. The people were asking Samuel for a king. Like the people wanted a king. God didn't want them to have a king. But the people were like, God, give us a king. Like, you know, whatever. God told Samuel, you know, to find, seek out Saul. You know, it's not necessarily what God wanted or that was his plan. But because we were so annoying, we're like, 
you know, give us this, do that. You know, we like honored, <laughs> we, we honored our freedom, which exactly. is unbelievable. Yeah. How dare you annoying people, right? <laughs> But yeah, which is funny because think about the story of Abraham and Sarah. That's a classic example, right? God promises Abraham that he would bless him with a son and, you know, there would be numerous generations of descendants and whatever. He actually says as many as the stars in the sky or the sand on the shore. So he promises this, but then Abraham's like super old and his wife is super old and they're like, well, where is this descendant? Where is this son, this promised one? And so he's like, well... Maybe I have to do this my own way. And so he gets another woman, impregnates her, creates this other child, you know, so he makes his own mess. But then God comes back and he's, you know, repentant and whatever. And God's like, I'm going to bless you with a son. And so even when it says the Bible says that Sarah was beyond the age of childbearing, God then makes her pregnant and, and Abraham has a son and blesses him. So even in our mess, somehow God finds a way for his plan and his blessings to come through. And that's a beautiful thing because I don't know about you guys. Well, I'm sure you have, or you would feel this way too, is that sometimes we just straight up make a mess of our lives, but God can pick up out of those messy pieces. And sometimes the most beautiful things come out of suffering. And I think just to go back with what you said, one thing that I heard my friend David and Ty saying was God is not the whole Bible is God navigating through our evil choices. And when you think about what kind of God does that, a God of love who loves people, who honors their choice. Like I couldn't serve a God who didn't allow love to be free. And there's honestly, there's no love that is forced. So it's, it's just, it makes so much sense in my head. And I remember talking to a a philosophy student at the University of Oregon once. And, oh, getting and, deep. And we were getting really deep. And then I said, asked him this one simple question. I said, you know, he was asking the whole, why does God allow suffering, blah, blah. And I was like, well, you know, God allows free will, blah, blah. And then I was saying, you know what's amazing is that if God is so powerful enough, why does God allow you right now to deny him? Like, you have a choice to not believe in him. Mm. I was like, does that sound like a tyrant? He uh, looked at me. He said, I never thought about that. It it was amazing. Well, he's not. God's not a tyrant. The Bible actually says that he wishes that no one should die. In all our suffering, God doesn't want us to die. And the beautiful thing is, you know, here we are. We're talking about suffering and how, oh, man, why do bad things happen? That, that innocent family, how could they all be killed? Or this, this and that. These bad things happen. You know, I have a friend right now. She's in her 30s, and she's got cancer and we're all like, this is awful. How could this happen? But the crazy thing is that out of anyone in the universe didn't deserve it, it was him, right? And he let bad things happen to him so that good things could happen to us. You know, oftentimes we put it in the light of why do bad things happen to me? Oh, me, 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 me. We're so egocentric, yet God who is good and is love and is – he came and suffered even though he didn't deserve any of it. There is no way you could say that God deserved it. And he came and took on all of that for us. That That is a beautiful God. Uh, I've noticed some contradictory too, especially with a lot of people that a lot of my friends who maybe aren't Christians, but they'll say it's almost like the world when they see sin, they want justice. They are like, why can't that guy just die right now? Or, oh, this guy raped a child. Well, he should die. And, uh, if if there was a hell, I wish he would go to it, you know, or I've heard so many of my friends say, mm. like, they just want, well, why didn't God just take up his hand and pick that person up out of that situation? And 
And I started thinking about that more. What if God was a puppeteer like that, where he just pull our hands without us thinking about it? And he would be going against that. And it just it it was crazy to think that so many people have that in their mind. Like, well, if God is a good God, why does he allow these things to happen? And why can't he just stop it? And it just makes so much sense to me. It's like, so you want God to be a puppeteer. You want him to literally move everything in about us you know you want him to you know stop this and stop that but then you know if he doesn't do that then then they'll say something else about him oh he didn't do that good enough or he let that happen it's just i don't know i just don't know that we're gonna take a little break here for psalm 704 podcast thanks for listening come back after the break i'm pastor ryan hodgins with psalm 704 i find it interesting that we are social beings we need connection. As young adults, we are active in social media, yet our lives are becoming increasingly less social. In the 1920s, only 20% of the world's population was urbanized. Now it's over 80%. Yet in the 1920s, your great-grandparents knew everyone that lived around them. You barely know your neighbors. You're just acquaintances with your work colleagues, and most of your social media contacts are distant. You and I were made for more. Our hearts long for connection. Get connected today. Check us out at psalm704.com and on Instagram at psalms underscore 704. And join us monthly as we build community and life together founded in the heart of God. Hey, this is Pastor Ryan back with Psalm 704 Ministries and our podcast. Uh, We're having an interesting topic talking about why do bad things happen to good people. And the Bible refers to us as being refined in the fire. 1 Peter 1, verse 17 says, These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor to Jesus Christ is revealed. So gold refined in the fire, and if you know anything about a process like that, they, they put it in there, they heat it up so much that all the impurities come out of it. That's not a nice process. Um, we have, in our lives, we go through trials, and we really we have the choice because God gives us choice. We have the choice then to do with it as we please. We can sit there and be victims and go... You know, this sucks. And sure, it does suck. There are victims, you know, don't get me wrong. But a lot of times we put it on ourselves like, oh, I need it's what you do with it. It really is. You know, I can sit here and just bask in my suffering and think, why me? Why is this happening to me? Why, God, would you do this to me and become upset and hateful with it? And the reality is, is that I get to choose what I'm going to do with that. And, you know, when God's given me the victory to get through trials, whether it's addiction, temptation, pain, suffering, I come out stronger um, because I relied on God. And then, you know, you have that victory to rely on in the future. And God, he allows those things so that we have the opportunity to come through it stronger and to know then we can get over other challenges in the future. Of course, in heaven one day, we won't have that kind of a process, but we'll already be pure, so it's we don't have to be made pure to go through the fire. So the reality is, is that all of this, although these trials happen, God can make us better because of them. We don't have to remain the same. We don't have to be hurting. We can be changed. It doesn't mean that 
when someone suffers, it's not real. I don't want to diminish that in any way. But the reality is, is that oftentimes we can choose to either bask in that suffering or to move past it. And I think God wants to use even those painful things to help us to become better people. And also, I don't think people understand how truly how much Satan like controls this earth and um, a lot of the bad things that happen. Um, when Satan was tempting Christ in the wilderness, you know, he took him on a high mountain and he, you know, showed him like all the, I guess, I don't know, the riches, I don't know, kingdoms and um, the way he's like, I can give this to you if you bow down and worship me. So we do know that, you know, Satan does control a lot of what's going on on earth. You know, and there's a Christian song on the radio. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, the singer's basically asking God, like, why do you allow these bad things to happen? Like, and in the chorus of the song, it's basically, you know, God saying, I put you here to make a difference. And I think also, mm. you know, we have to make a difference in the world as well and sh- reveal Christ's love to people. Through- and someone could have lost a child and you know maybe you're the one that's meant to go like pray for that person and uplift them or you know maybe maybe it's even like you meet a homeless person and you know you buy them a meal and you talk to them and actually make them feel like a human you know you're showing god's love that way and so through all this bad stuff going on in the world um you know maybe we should be the ones that are showing god's love to people and like you know bringing his kingdom here yeah i think that time of when people are in pain or suffering or going through oppression of some kind or or, or hurting, that gives us an opportunity to help. And a lot of times we think about stuff as, oh, why does this bad stuff happen? Well, you know, it sucks that it happened, but the reality is, is that we get to be helpful to them. We get to strengthen them. We get to support them and love them. And I think that's a beautiful thing as, as Christians. We get this opportunity to do that. Nicole, earlier you were saying that you know, people say, why do I, you know, why can't that person just go to hell or, or, you know, be in that, you know, bad suffering or whatever, you know, there's this, this mentality that hell is this everlasting torturous place. But the reality is, is if God is love, why would he send somebody for a few years of suffering or sadness to a place like that? What does that say about God? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not saying that hell doesn't exist. You know, the Bible clearly says that there is some sort of um, place of damnation or whatever, but and we can talk about that a whole nother time. But the reality is, is that God doesn't want anyone to suffer. And, you know, all too often, again, we put the blame on him. Exactly. Because I don't believe that the God of the Bible sends people to suffer for eternity. Yeah. You know, I couldn't even imagine that at all. And I know to go back to another point, one thing that I thought was beautiful is, and I know a lot of people go to this book, but the book of Job where, you know, you see his life and how he endured and how even through his suffering, I mean, he lost everything. And yet, and he still struggled and he had people blaming him and, oh, what did you do to God? You know, and that's a lot of mentality of people in the Christian world when you're suffering and, oh, what, you know, what did you do? What sin did you do? It's it's ridiculous. But then you see at the very end and, and God restored everything he lost. And I think to me, that's a picture of, Right now, like you said, we are being refined, and this process is hard on earth. But everything that we lose here we will be restored in full measure, if not more, the day that Jesus returns. And all this is over, and sin has finally passed away, and no more tears will be on earth. And I just think that because of the hope that we have in Jesus, that's what allowed Paul to say, though I'm in chains and though I'm suffering, I count it all a joy. I count it all a joy because 
I know that exceedingly great is going to be my reward in heaven, you know, and when I'm face to face with Jesus. And I just think that's the mentality that we should have when we're going through suffering. I mean, it's hard when you lose a child or when you, you know, death was never supposed to enter the world. You know, pain and suffering was never part of God's plan at, at all. And so I just think it's a beautiful that since the beginning of time, Jesus was a redeemer, a savior from the first fall. And, you know, it's just that gives me hope through suffering. And like this is just a small amount of time here compared to eternity. That, that brings me hope. Perspective is very important to look at it as though God tortures his people when really God loves everyone, whether they're his people or not. What does that say about God? I mean, some people have some messed up pictures about God, but the reality is that what the Bible says is that God is a loving God. And again, he didn't deserve to be sacrificed or to be beaten or tortured or whatever, but he did it and he did it for us. And here we have this good news, this news about a God who actually cares about, actually wants good things for us, actually wants great things. And so I think what we've touched on today and what we've seen is that God is a God who gives us freedom to love, freedom to choose, freedom from hardship and whatever. But in those hardships, in those trials, we can grow. When they do come, we don't have to look at them as though this is God striking down on someone or why did they deserve this? But we can look at those as opportunities to grow and to become better people for God. And as Christians, when we see people suffering, we can use that as an opportunity to help out. I just want to say thanks, guys, for coming on the show. Uh, It was good to have you. I hope that this conversation has been a blessing to everyone who's listening and that it's given you some hope. Hey, so glad you could join us for this episode of the Psalm 704 podcast. Thanks for listening again. Remember, our family is stronger and better with you in it. You can check out the things that we're doing in the area of Charlotte at psalm704.com or follow us on Instagram, psalm underscore 704, or find us on Facebook.